Welcome to the Prepare to Win podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver. Here with Dane Lee. He's back from his sickness, so he's in-house, <laughs> so we should sound a little bit better this week. Um, we're going to get into some some topics about um, you know making choices within your fitness goals, um, or I mean, just choices in life in general. And then you have to accept those choices. You have to accept the consequences of those choices. Um, and understand that like every choice you make every single day, especially when it deals with like your fitness goals, it's every single choice is going to, um, get you to a certain point. So if, if you're making good choices every day, or if you're making choices, good choices, four days a week, you know, Mm -hmm. those are two different things. And I'm not saying you need to be like super strict every single day, all the time, you know, but the more you are off track from your goal, you have to accept and be willing to accept that that is deterring from that goal and you might not reach it at X point. It might be further out, might take you a little longer. You might never reach it. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of examples of that. Um, and, you know, something that just came off the top of my head is like, you know, I work with uh, a lot of people in nutrition and I can think of like a couple specifically that, you know, when you come to me for a certain goal, like I have a, a girl right now that came to me, she wants to lose weight, uh, 15 pounds or so, mm-hmm. you know, this and that. And she's, she lifts and a little bit and she runs, you know, and normally I, I kind of want to take on a client like this, but I did it because it's like relation to one of my clients. I was like, you know what? I'll try to help out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and one of the problems is, is that she wants to hit these goals, but so far, like she, now mind you, her protein isn't overly high at all. I think it's like, um, I started her low, like 0.8 per pound body weight, Okay. you know? Um, so nothing extraordinarily high and, um, she's having trouble <laughs> hitting that protein goal mm-hmm. and, um, you know, she'll talk about it, like how it's. She's full. She's this and that. Now, mind you, like she's not on a ton of calories either, comparative to like what most women that I train are on. Yeah. Um, but the problem is because she followed that societal model of like she was eating hardly any carb, hardly any protein, decent amount of fat, but just low calories in general. Mm-hmm. Nothing was real, like you know, nutritious. There wasn't a lot of micros in it, things like that. So. She's stuck in this realm of eating and until we get that fixed. She's going to be stuck in that realm of eating. She's getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, the first week, like she couldn't get anywhere near macros. And then <laughs> after that started to die a little bit more, but like, she's still having trouble hitting that protein. Like I told her, like, look, here's your goal. If you can't get to that protein level to stop muscle wasting on our way down, mm-hmm. you know, and to able to be able to help build muscle, you know what I mean? Like, because chances are even on our way down, she's still going to have muscle that maintains or possibly even gains. You know, I know everyone thinks that's impossible, but it's really not. Right. Um, so like I, I tried to explain that to her, like, this is what protein does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this is the outcome if you don't eat enough protein and this is what you'll end up looking like versus what you want to look like and you know, all this stuff. Um, but again, she's going to have to accept the consequences of those choices if she can't right. choose every day to hit that protein level, you know? So, um, you know, we can go through 
a bunch of different scenarios, I'm sure. You know, whenever people come to you for injuries or they're tweak this, tweak that, mm-hmm. and you give them advice and they don't follow it. You right. Know. I mean, it's the classic example. You're going to have any sports medicine uh, practitioner is going to tell you like, hey, I told this person that they needed to do, you know, A, B, and C a certain number of times a week mm-hmm. um, for a certain number of weeks. And they come back to you next week and you're like, hey, did you do your stuff? Well, I did it, you know, once or, yeah, I, some. Well, what's some? It's like, you know, like the first day. Yeah. Well, you feeling better? No. Like, this is why. Yeah. And one of the things that I really like in it um, was a, a post that I saw last week that was on Instagram where it just said flat out, like, I don't want to, like, that was the title for it. And then it went through and gave all these examples of, you know, things you don't have to do them, but you need to accept what happens when you choose not to. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said before, where it's not about being strict with everything. You don't have to be, I mean, if you have a very lofty goal, yeah, you're going to have to be more strict because there's very specific, um, you know, things that you have to do to hit that. But it's about being informed about what you're doing, mm-hmm. where if you say, hey, I want to lose 15 pounds over the next year, you know, if I came to you and I said that, and let's say, you know, I'm you know, a good 50 pounds overweight, you don't really have to be that strict about things. You can make some easy changes, and I bet you can get me close to my goal, you know, by just having some simple goals that kind of move me towards that. Mm-hmm. But if I come to you and say, hey, I want to be a really great athlete, what do I need to do? you don't have as much leniency yeah, and the, the choices have to like the choices have to be better every single day. Exactly. want to reach that your potential. And what I want people to take away from it is you need, you don't have room to complain anymore when you're not hitting your goals because you've chosen not to do the things that get you there. Yeah. If you're doing everything, I mean, if you have 10 objectives you need to hit for that week and you nail every single one of them and you're still not making progress, then you can have a conversation about what's wrong. But until then, and people have this all the time, they have a level of responsibility that they don't rise to and yet they feel entitled to complain about not making progress. It's, um, I got a, I got a girl in prep right now and I, I actually just said this to her, um, last night she sent over her videos and you know, the squats were moving great. Like techniques, great. Mm-hmm. The weight, you know, for the volumes you did great. Everything's on point. And I told her, I'm like, uh, you know how, like I <laughs> said, so you know how recently you've gotten your shit together and magically <laughs> everything is better. Like I'm talking like her sleep's getting better. Her food's mm-hmm. getting better, all this stuff. And like, I think that was the urgency of like, Hey, you got a meet coming up. You better dialed in, you know, mm-hmm. cause she went through this little, uh, hiatus time or whatever of like technique was falling off all these things you know but it's magical sleep gets better diet gets better you actually like push through the technique things that i want you to mm-hmm. do do the drills oh, oh my god things just get better. yeah i was like imagine if you did that all year round <laughs> or at least like 95 90 percent of the time mm-hmm. you know because there are times like that it does become a little bit more laid back, you know, like mm-hmm. you still need quality of life of things and, and to stay happy, you know, in what you're doing. Um, you still have to, you know, family things, whatever. Right. I mean, we all have them. Um, for me, like post meet those first couple weeks, I don't just, I'm not lazy. I don't just sit at home. Um, but like during my workouts, it's a lot of blood flow stuff. It's mm-hmm. intentful, but it's not intense. Right. If that makes sense. And like, you know, that's my time. Like I get a lot of stuff in business done. I get a lot of stuff that I, outside of, you know, 
prep, you become so focused those last like yeah. four or five weeks that you're just hyper focused on that. So like there's little things, you know, maybe some housework or something I might put off, you know, until mm-hmm. afterwards. So that's all well and good. Um, but people, a lot of people, and especially it's the younger lifters, newer lifters, they don't realize like when you hit a certain point, you can't just get serious for the 14 weeks or 16 right. weeks before your meet. Like you have to be serious all year round. Um, and coming back to like, again, making the choices is, you know, people, people always like to almost make an excuse of why other people are at the level they are. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like, you know, they'll blame, oh, your genetics are great. Oh, it must be nice to eat that much. Uh, like I get that all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, I've chosen to put my body in a position where I can eat that much. Yes. Some is genetic. Uh, Sorry. You know what I mean? But some of it also is that I put my my body in the place it needs to be to be able to consume that amount of food mm-hmm. or eat these foods and still be fine. You know, um, people that are, you know, strong or whatever, you know, oh, well, they this, they that, their job's this, they don't, you know, okay, we all get that. That's variables. You know, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if you're on a very, very low level, you can't really make that excuse. Now, if you take two elite athletes and one, has a super intense labor job, high stress, like, you know, maybe they have some metabolism issues, like they're just wrecked injuries all and they're still at that level. And you got someone that just like lives at home with their mom and you know what I mean? Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really uh, work or anything. Like they can just focus on that one skill mm-hmm. and they're right there with that person. Okay. You can make an argument between you two. Yeah. You know, you, you can, but like if you're, you know, down on the low ranks and like you just started lifting you're like well that person's strong because they don't have a labor job no they're strong because they got strong Mm -hmm. so put in the time and put in the work yeah i think a lot of people put like elite athletes up on a pedestal sometimes too like they're superhuman and like oh that's impossible or you know whatever Mm -hmm. um it's not you just have to put in and make the choices every single day to get to that point and it's not going to happen six months a year two years it's going to need to be a three, four, five, six year goal right. to reach that that status, you know. Um, there was a conversation years ago. I still remember. I think we have a video of it somewhere. But Dan Bell here from Rubber City Weightlifting, he was saying talent is actually pretty common, mm-hmm. but people don't put themselves in a position to realize how much talent they have because you don't get to see the rewards of that until you start putting in work. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, the amount of people with talent that I've seen come through the gym that lasted a year or two in lifting, it's like, damn. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen some people that could have, like, done some damage in weightlifting and powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had people, I've seen people come in, like females come in and total in the 900s in their first meet, do one more meet and be out forever. Wow. It's like, you're on the cusp of, like, it takes most people years to total a thousand and you're ready to blow through a thousand, you know, like 12 to 18 months and life gets in the way for Mm -hmm. some people. I understand that. But then, you know, I know Dan had some really strong lifters at one point too. And it's like, you're right there. Yeah. (laughs) Like just give it another year or two. Like, Mm -hmm. cause you, you start to stall a little bit, two, three years in, you know, it's like, you find out how serious it is for people and what kind of priority it is for people when they start to get these other, um, outside factors, you know, Mm -hmm. and, when the choices come in that like, I need to focus more on recovery. I need to focus more on my, um, 
my nutrition stuff. And like, that's the difference between elite and world-class athletes and people that never make it there is they are willing to sacrifice those things to get there. So, you know, it's like, I, I can use myself as an example because I know what I've been through personally and Mm -hmm. I've watched what others have been through in my circle, you know? And it's like, you know, in the amount of time that people have made excuses and not gotten any better, it's like, you know, take myself, like I've gotten stronger. I've opened a business, mm-hmm. started and opened a business. I've had a, a child, like all these excuses that people throw out there. I've went to school. You know what I mean? Injured. Too. Injured. Like you throw everything in the pot mm-hmm. that everyone makes an excuse of. And I can turn around just with myself and say, yeah, I've been there. Mm-hmm. And I still continued on forward. Now, I maybe at certain points I was stalled or certain points I wasn't making as much progress as I wanted to, but that's the game. And sometimes that's how it's going to be. But I made the sacrifices necessary for the long-term goal. And, you know, I could think of like the classic excuse. I love the school one because I watched Lindsay, you know, go to school. And oh, then, yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched her, you know, get up early morning um, go to school, have to go to, um, take like her, her final, you know, whatever year I think it is in school, had to go to her clinical settings, which is basically like a job all day. Plus, mm-hmm. so you, she, so there were some days she had to go to that job all day, then go back to class and then train at, you know, whatever, six at night or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, go home, eat, bed, do it all again. For months and months on end. I can speak from mm-hmm. personal experience. She was still making it a point to try to get in to do recovery. Yeah. And see me, which, I mean, it was a challenge mm-hmm. to find time, but I mean, you can see the level of dedication that they have to the bigger picture yeah. in her case. Yeah. I think that the bigger picture for, like, it doesn't have to be an elite level status with people. But again, just using that as a comparison where, like, if that is your goal, like, you need to understand the choices you have to make on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, and how those are going to add up and what that looks like over the course of five to 10 years to get there. But one of the things I wish that people would do is just realize like having a big picture goal could be simply like being healthy and strong at like 50, 60 years old. And that starts in your twenties and thirties where like, if you let that start to deteriorate, if you move away from that, it has decades long consequences Mm -hmm. that come down the road. And when you get to that, because this always irritates the shit out of me is when I hear people start to say, Oh, I'm too old to do that. I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Or like in my prime Yeah. is one of the ones that just bugs the shit out of me because it's like, I understand that there's the physiological peak where they say like 26. Great. This is when your body is, has the best potential for like athletic, uh, ability. Fine. How many people have you worked with? that have seen not just increases in their total, but like significant and like high level increases past 26 into their thirties that you've worked with. I mean, heck even we've had conversations about people you work with into their forties where they Mm -hmm. see very good increases because they become dedicated to making the right choices. Yeah. And if you have all of that started in your twenties and keep it in your thirties and keep it in your forties, you can have this lifelong health that goes along with it. And that's a well, great big picture to have. It matters like kind of where you're at. So like 
you know, there are people, some of the, I was just talking to someone else the other day about like some of the best lifters in the world right now on the male side are like 32 to 35, some are 30, you know, 36, 37. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends kind of where you're at. So like if you're at like elite world-class level at 35 years old, how much more time you got at that level? I don't know. Right. You know, I think that's uh, individual choice, genetics, injury prevention, all that stuff comes into play, you know, and, and if they want to be at that level, continue to be at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're someone who is never even came close to like your genetic potential or even reach it, fuck, you can go into your fifties, 60, mm-hmm. like, and still get stronger on the way up. Like it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people that, for like if someone was like a 40 year old saying yeah well i'm past my prime and they played in the nfl okay yeah yeah you probably are let's be real Mm -hmm. but like you know if you're saying you're past your prime and you're overweight and you're eating cheetos at home you know what i mean drinking a beer and that's all you've ever really been and you've been a three time a week gym goer you probably didn't come close to your prime i'm just gonna take a stab at that um so you know, I think it kind of depends where you're at, but yeah, a lot of people, um, can continue to get strong. It does get a little bit harder as you get older. Sure. Um, but it, it just depends where your backgrounds came from. Have you been, you know, Ryan in here has been an athlete his whole life, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like for him to keep getting stronger, pushing into 40, it's like he can do it, but it's going to be a little bit harder for him. Right. You know, so, um, but that excuse of like, well, I'm too old for lifting or i'm too old for that no no you're not you just you have to make it that priority to do it right that simple um something i um yeah i kind of wanted to transition to is like talking about like again with these like elite and world-class athletes i think a lot of people just don't understand most of them that i've ever met are just highly driven it's the same way as like when you meet a small business owner or even a business owner in general Mm -hmm. or a president or CEO of a company or in not even that high up, but like maybe the third or fourth person under them, even mm-hmm. these people all have the same thing in common. And that is they're highly driven. So a lot of like, just in the fitness world, a lot of like the more elite or high level people that I've ever ran into, mm-hmm. um, or that I know it's they're they're highly driven in that world and outside of it. You know what I mean? They don't stop. It's always something. You know, it actually becomes kind of problematic with some people that I've worked with where like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, this, and this. I'm like, listen, you're going to have a really hard time recovering from the first one, yeah. let alone, you know, put that second and third one on there. It's yeah. like, we can try, but yeah. man, but you they're, they're like addicted to pushing, seeing yeah. how much, <clears throat> how much stress they can handle, yeah. how much stress <laughs> on the body they can handle. You know, it like they push, push, push. And once they see that little kickback, okay, I back off, mm-hmm. you know, like that's, that's kind of what they do. Um, where do you think that comes from? Like from you personally, when you talk about drive within the gym or within the business, I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, you can say that part of it is that addiction to kind of pushing it and see what you can do, but I think it's just like a, a mental transfer that like I put myself into. So like, you know, like I said, from a young age, I've always been an athlete and stuff, but like, and I, I, Thought, you know, oh, I'll be successful at some point, you know, this and that. And, mm-hmm. and I always saw it, but I didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And then whenever I got into the military and I started, like, doing things I never thought I could do or, like, you know, 
I started to become addicted to pushing my body as far mm -hmm. as it could go. And then I realized I'm like, well, what if I started to do this with other things? And it takes a time. It takes time to mature to that too. Right. So like, you know, when I got out of the military, it's like, I was still driven, but I was still like, okay, what do I do? You know? And you're just not, but now it's like years down the line becomes so hyper-focused when a problem comes up or something comes up. It's usually an, I usually know I'm going this path and I'm going straight for it all mm -hmm. out. You know what I mean? So I think it's just like a transfer of mindset from one thing to the other that no matter what you're doing at the time, you're going to get it done fast, efficiently and, and put everything you have into it basically. So, um, is that also in relation to that bigger picture or is that bigger picture something that you kind of built over time that you, yeah. So you like, there's a big picture goal and you know that these little things are just what needs to get done to get there mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, there's some things like, you know, everyone's got their, uh, I guess call it lazy point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there might be something that like I put on the back burner for a little bit cause it's not a huge priority right now. Like I procrastinate like other people do. Sure. Mm -hmm. But, um, when it comes to like making moves and things, I'm, I'm in on it. Like once I'm focused on, it, I'm hyper focused on it and we're going all in, I'm going to do everything I need to do around that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, for example, like, you know, coming up on prep, also getting like this house stuff together. So like right now I'm like all in on the house stuff. I'm like figuring all this. Okay. I get the land cleared. Okay. This inspection, that's okay. I need an address. I need to call this person. You know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like doing all those life things I need to do, but then it's, Oh, gym time. Okay. hundred percent transition. Yep. hundred percent focus on gym now, you know, and as, as hard as that is some days, cause there are days that I'm like, well, shit, I got to get this done, but I got to train, you know, or like I want to get on my phone during training to like backed up on emails. You mm -hmm. know, it's like you, you have to just prioritize blocks of like, this is my time to do this. Everything else is blocked out. And that's extremely hard to do. It's, that's very much a learned skill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not great at it either. There's times I'm still texting people, um, you know, expect like setting up the meets and stuff. Like I've been training and texting like mm -hmm. Jordan, like, Hey, you know, and it's just, is it is what it is sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Is that something that you see when you were uh, referring earlier to other lifters who are at that elite status and they are very driven? Is that a common thing that you've noticed and talked to about with them? Yeah. What, what I notice is they, they're always, um, for the most part, they're full of ideas. So they're thinkers, okay. but they're also doers. So I, I've seen a couple of them like try to do a couple different avenues of like business or jobs or whatever. And like, they at least give it a, a shot. Mm -hmm. Maybe it doesn't work out. Oh, well, okay, let's do the next thing, you know, but there's always something on the table, you know, there's always something that they're, they're trying to work towards and that's making those choices every day. And it's funny to watch this, but then, you know, I have, it's like a direct correlation because I have friends that don't lift or anything and they go to their nine to five job and they fucking drink their beer and like that that's all that you know what i mean mm -hmm. like they just chill and that's all well and good hey some that's some people's lives you know but i've just noticed like you know i have people in that world that oh i want to start a business or i want to do this and they talk about it yeah the people that i know they're 100 dedicated in the fitness world they usually transfer that into the business world somehow or the job market or whatever they're in mm -hmm. and they're fucking highly driven through that too so yep. you, you can't tell me ever that like one, 
working out doesn't better your life because I've seen it too many times better your yeah. life. But then two, the further that you push your body, I swear the mind and just the drive of your entire life come with it. Oh yeah, you that know? level of accomplishment that you can see yeah. within the gym and how that transfers over is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean you look I, I look at most of even in house, like most of the better athletes, they they've all been uh pretty successful in what they're doing outside of the gym. You know, or they can manage a lot of variables, if that makes sense. So like yeah. you know, someone that like we have people in here like and everyone's got their own thing, you know. So we have people in here that are just like all-star fucking parents you know what i mean like mm-hmm. they work they have fucking four or five kids they're balls to the wall all day every day you know what i mean yeah. just knocking life out of the park you know like doing whatever they can for their family and that's that's cool right and then that's have, their bigger picture yeah and then you have younger people like we have how many med students in here oh yeah you know what i mean and it's like they're in here pushing themselves in in uh whatever sport they're in you know powerlifting weightlifting whatever mm-hmm. but then they're also you know, that's, I mean, I've never been to med school, but I'm sure it's not it, fucking easy. Uh, just, you know, by the friends who number of doctors, uh, the friends I have who are in med school right now and just the absolute exhaustion yeah. that you can see on their face and that they tell you about from having to do rotations and having to do classes mm-hmm. and all the tests that they're taking yeah. to the papers think, that they write. Oh are my God. Insane. Yeah. And then to think, Oh, they're going to come in here and train for a couple hours, a couple days a week. Cause I, I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, when I went to college, like I was still pushing my body pretty hard and God, I can remember like just trying to bust out a paper, just trying mm-hmm. to get my work done. Cause I wanted to go work out. I didn't want to be doing that shit. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean my, even back then my, um, my day was still revolved around workouts. So mm-hmm. like my eating, my everything was evolved around that. And like, I'd be in class like, all right, let's get this done. You know, cause I, I wanted to get to. To yeah. the gym, you know, that was my thing or get to whatever I was going to be doing that day for my, uh, my goals. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think a lot of people at the, again, I hate to keep using the word lower levels, call it beginner levels, call it whatever, or, or just, you know, the people that aren't as driven, I think they just don't get it. And that's, you don't get it until you put yourself in that position, you know? And I understand, like, it takes a lot of time to find, like you were saying, when you, uh, got out of the military and you were in school, like you weren't taking big steps at mm. that time. Baby steps. But you were still driven even on those smaller steps to do them. And that yeah. built over time into figuring out how do I take this drive and apply it to a new goal? What's the new goal even going to be? Yeah. Because I think it's interesting. It's sad, but it's also interesting to watch the really talented athletes that we've all seen come in here mm-hmm. and they kind of go through the motions and if you look at the kind of the cliche framework where it's like, hey, if you get to a certain level of uh, status within your sport, you're going to have a certain level of attention and following. And then mm-hmm. you can start getting sponsors and then you yeah. can open up like a little side business and yeah. take advantage of it. Well, and they do that and it falls apart yeah. because they're going through the motion of what could work because that's, other people yeah. who were driven made it happen. That, that's kind of another thing with the, the shift in how the market is now versus how it used to be so like you know when i was coming up and like when i was in college and uh really starting to get my training going it's 
social media wasn't what it was today. So for the people that don't understand what social media used to be like, you used to get made fun of for checking into gyms. It used to be a comical thing. <laughs> like no one checked into gyms and it was like, oh, cool, you're going to the gym. Or mm-hmm. it, you were like gym douchebag or whatever. Like it wasn't cool to work out. Like that's what's funny now. It's like mm-hmm. the thing. and every, It's so cool to check into the gym and post your lifting videos. Back when I was, you know, call it 10 years ago it wasn't cool 11 12 years ago it wasn't cool to like post your that you're in the gym or right. whatever i actually remember watching that starting to evolve where more and more people like checked into the gym and it was like a thing you know mm-hmm. but like coming up you know i had to take those steps i had to work in person as a trainer i had to work in person for someone else to start to gain clients. You know what I mean? It nowadays, like you can realistically like get a little bit of a following, get some online clients, get, you know, and maybe your following boosts up, you open a gym, people know who you are. So they come over, mm-hmm. you know, kind of grows through social, um, you know, and I, I won't go down the line, but like you take and I'm, I'm just going to put like Katie Hearn out there. Okay. Katie Hearn selfies and butt, right on her posts opened a gym opened a supplement line opened all this shit and now makes a ton of money off of all this stuff because she gained a following online Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i'm sure she had some other stuff in there i'm just saying what she's kind of known for (laughs) i'm sure she put out some other con i don't pay attention to her so don't don't quote me on everything but um that's just you know she she was known for these certain things she gained a massive following and Opened a gym. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't have to like work as like, maybe she did. I don't know. I don't know her life story, but she didn't yeah, like, have to make too many assumptions. Yeah. But she, she probably didn't work as like a trainer in person for years. And then like went through the gauntlet for five, six, seven years before she even thought about opening her gym. And that was like the old school way of like, mm-hmm. you had to gain a following like these guys that, you know, the ones that used to be next door. I mean, a guy's been training, what, 16, 17 years, and he's still got his little fitness studio. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's all he'll ever be able to do because he won't drive to social, you know? And get, granted, he's got his like clientele or whatever, um, but it's like he's going to be in it 25, 30 years doing the same thing in person, training in his little studio, yep. and that's his thing. You know, cool. Um, but, like, there's people that worked for him that came in. I can remember them, like, Oh, you, yeah. Like we, cause we you know, follow each other. Like mm-hmm. you have a huge social media following and like, you don't even have close to as many clients as he has, but yeah, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, of, uh, it's the appearance uh, that this yeah. person had a lot of clients and they actually don't. Right. And, um, like, cause I, it was funny. The people that like would, be, I don't want to drop names, but like the people that would be brought in and like the number of clients that I found out that this person had. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how do you have that many followers, but you you don't have that many clients? Like, it's one of my absolute favorite things to do is occasionally go and look at people who have uh, halfway decent followings yeah. and look at the, I guess, the quality of their content and yeah. how many people actually look at it or comment on it and how many people like it. Um, and it, especially when I actually know the person, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and realizing how the hell do they have like 11,000 people following this when I know that person and I know that they're putting out junk information. They have no one that they're actually training. There's, yeah, there's some I know with like 40, 50,000. 
and I don't know a single person that would ever work with them yeah. or like <laughs> I wouldn't hire them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how they ever got to that. Maybe they bought some, I don't know. You know, and the other thing is like, I know the Instagram algorithms. I know how it all works. Like mm-hmm. I could play it. I could do different social media things, but I just put up what I want to put up when I want to put it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't care. Um, and there's, uh, you know, there's like, if you have like a group of people and you make a post and everyone's throwing their comments and everyone's sharing, everyone's doing this and that, and that travels and you know, we mm-hmm. get it, save it. All that stuff yep. is the new thing. I, I get it. But like there's there's just some people it's kind of, like I said it's kind of funny to watch that like you'll see people with 50 60 70,000 followers you know here locally even or semi locally mm-hmm. and it's like I know like five people who have ever worked with you yeah <laughs> you know what I mean it's like or you don't have a huge clientele base but it, they make the appearance online like there's some like great oh, coach yeah. and it's like you don't you don't work anywhere you don't have like no one works with you. Right. You know, it's amazing, but they're a fitness expert. I'm like, well, how the, we're Based so, on the size we're of so song. backwards. Anyway, well, now we're going down to another rant. Yeah. So, so we'll back off that one. But, um, I mean, that was something tying in a little bit with what we started with. And just that right there, that was something, you know, a year ago when all the pandemic started and everything. And I realized like, I refuse to post things mm-hmm. to follow the, I get the algorithm game. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not doing it. Yeah, you want to post quality stuff that right. like, you know, and maybe someone might not, you know, it might not be the uh, the thing with the biggest like, it's not sexy, it's not appealing and all this stuff, but there's information in it. Right. You're not throwing up like 50 emojis in a graphic, you know, video and like. Can't do it. Can't point, stand it. Pointing to something in the air and then you, you know, you're not making these fancy right. YouTube videos. You're making quality content. Like if you pay attention to what is said you will learn something, mm-hmm. but you have to actually watch the video. Yeah. I mean, some, yeah, granted now some of them, the one I posted yesterday is like 27 minutes long. Yeah. I really doubt that anyone's going to sit through and watch that entire thing. But mm-hmm. what I know is that if they listen to even a couple minutes here and there, that there is quality info. And it yeah. took a while to get to a point where I felt comfortable, like being authentic and being in how I wanted to educate people. with the info before I started doing it. And then more content rolls out with it. Now I have to accept that I probably will not have a huge following and any following that I get with that is going to grow very, very slowly. Mm -hmm. But I also feel really good about the fact that the few hundred people who see it actually give a shit about it. Yeah. It's, it's the quality. How do I put it? It's like the quality of the follower, if that makes sense. So like, you know, you can have 20,000 followers, but if only like a hundred truly give a shit, your ratio kind of sucks, Yeah, you know, but it's like, I know that a lot of the people that do follow you or pay attention to what you say, like they actually believe in what you say. It's the same with Dan. Dan's mm-hmm. one of the best weightlifting coaches in the country. He doesn't have a huge following, but no. it's like if Dan Bell speaks, you fucking listen. Yeah. That's usually how it works. I think you should do this. Okay. There's like no questions. <laughs> yeah. There's no questions. You know, um, it's just kind of funny because, I mean, how? I mean, one of his newest athletes is a former games athlete, CrossFit games athlete. It's mm-hmm. like she's a high, pretty high level Olympic lifter. It's like, what does she have? 70, 80,000 followers or whatever? Give or take, yeah. Yeah. And it's like she could act like she knows everything in the world. Hell no. She comes in, she shuts up, she listens to Dan. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like she could have all this attitude and ego and all that, and she doesn't. And that's an elite athlete. That's yeah. a world class athlete. 
you know, so anyway, we're, we're getting down a social media ramp. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's pretty, pretty much it for today. Um, uh, we're going to put out some questions, I think for the next one here. So, um, but moral of everything is, is every choice you're going to make during the day, uh, every day, it's all going to have some kind of effect. So if you have a certain goal and you want to reach that goal, you need to make decisions every single day to reach that goal. It's Even not, a lack of a choice is yeah, a choice. It's not seasonal. That's the thing, mm-hmm. you know, and I promise you anything that is seasonal, you know, in sports or whatever, like football players that are at a high level, don't just work on their football skills or to what makes them better in football for the three or four months they're in season. It's right. an all year round thing. So don't expect your fitness to be any different. Make it a habit and make it a routine. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Routines. Routines right. are easy. Yep. The same thing. All right. That's, uh, we, don't, we don't got any announcements or anything really coming up. Um, for people that have been wondering about meet posts and things for signups, um, I've been kind of saying this off and on that in April we should have our first registration up. It looks like a lot of this uh, COVID restriction stuff should be passed. So um, I know one of the meets uh, is at a huge venue and they were um, – they didn't want to put out the the actual date yet just because of in case there's COVID restrictions, but I think we're going to end up past that. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, So we'll put out some dates and we'll get some registrations going in April and um, and everyone can sign up and we'll get it going. So there is talks of, uh, sorry, talks of some money and things and some, but we'll see. No guarantees, but all right. You got anything? Anything with the, online template info um i mean it's still up there if you want to if you want to get started on a template um you know just email the gym um i, th- I find that it's going to be a little bit easier to just email and get set up that way um like i said maybe one day i'll set it up to where you can just pay for it online or something um and it might automatically recur or whatever but for right now it's just easier to run it through my one system so how's that been going it's good pretty um you know, since I launched it, there's those couple people that came on right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe they're they're in the second. I think they're like in week seven of it, maybe eight. Of okay. It. No, I'd have to remember. But um, you know, they don't. You don't start to. I think the initial. You know, because it's not one of those things where I just like max you out right away so they build and then i think there's testing like week 19 or something like that okay and it's not like meant that like it's not guaranteed you're going to hit prs or anything right but it's meant to find okay where are we at at this point because the next phase after that really starts to build on things okay and um that's what gets you ready for the bigger prs down Mm -hmm. the road so but yeah so far good feedback a lot of people like it they find it easy to follow um they kind of uh, a couple of them have mentioned like they were on some USAPL boy SBD programming that just like <laughs> destroyed them and wore them out. And they find like now they're able to actually recover and they say they feel great during training and um, good. their sways of strength, like day to day feeling of like, like their RPE, let's take it day to day is like more maintained rather than these huge sways up yeah. and down. So they feel a lot more even and, it should work out for them really well in the end. I know a couple of them have mentioned like 
they already know that rep PRs are coming because they could like just by those percentages that they're at and how eight weeks e- in how e- easy it's flying. Yeah, they know it's coming. I told them that. That's that's why I don't do SBD every day. Right. So, <laughs> but all right, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get on out of here. So, thanks for listening. Have a good one.